3: Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. Paul Tatino and Madeline Burke with you for the next hour. We will talk Giants football. We'll talk some maybe other NFL stuff if you so choose. Don't forget, you can participate at 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. You can also hit us up on Twitter if you're shy and bashful at hashtag Giants Chat. We'll try to check in on those. During the course of the program, as a reminder, if you didn't catch our program today live, you can always catch up to the archive on Giants.com slash podcasts and all of your favorite podcast platforms everywhere. Madeline, a bit of a different day for the Giants today because uh, they have moved the practice. In fact, this was done by Coach Dable before they started training camp. He decided he was going to juggle the schedule for health and safety purposes. They moved practice to five o'clock tonight. Now, those of you who have tickets, make sure you take a look, and it says... 5 p.m. Because if you came out here this morning, you didn't see anything.
4: Yeah, they probably got here and were like, "Wait, where is everybody? Why is it so empty?" A different day indeed for a lot of reasons. First of all, I'm just really excited to be here. First time, long time, right now, Paul. I have been listening to BBK, and this is my first time being on the show with you, and I'm thrilled to be making my debut. Dots. I
3: I was gonna say, first time, long time usually means a phone call, but we don't have a phone for you to be like (laughs) doing that with. Okay.
4: We're rebranding it. We're rebranding it, but it's good. I like the fact that Dave's just kind of changing it up. You know, they're they're prioritizing the rest and the wellness. This because it is so early in training camp and we've seen across the league some significant injuries already happening this is what happens at this time of year right those soft tissue things come up and you know this Giants training staff this Giants coaching staff really prioritizing okay let's give these players not only adequate time to work on the field but adequate time to recover and rest in between practices And changing it up, especially on a day like today, out here in East Rutherford, it's almost 100 degrees outside. Yeah. Getting closer to sundown might be a little bit of a better look.
3: Yeah, for those of you who are not uh, dying from the heat, and I think the entire country has been enveloped in some nasty, nasty heat and humidity. Uh, We've certainly had it here in North Jersey to the point where we're talking 90 degrees, mid 90s or so, heat indexes of well over 100. I'm not asking for sympathy, folks. I mean, we're out there at practice, we watch it. Those guys are in uh, helmets and they're running the plays and it's gotta be a hell of a lot worse for them than it is for us. But the last couple of days, uh, it's been uh, it's been a challenge.
4: I honestly also feel for the people that are actually just listening to the program and not watching the video stream because they cannot admire your tan dots. It is pretty <laughs> strong. It is pretty strong
3: indeed. Lighter than easy. usual, I think. I,
4: I guess so too, yes. Yeah, but still, bit. you know, still does not disappoint. Coming in strong.
3: Now, I will tell you folks, uh, if you have, again, if you have tickets uh, over the weekend, uh, there'll be uh, another practice on Sunday. Yes. Okay, that's a Sunday morning get out here early. All right. Uh, get your breakfast with bagels and stuff and get out here for a 10 o'clock practice on Sunday. Uh, they will not actually have full pads on until Tuesday. That's when head to toe, they're going to hit some. All right. Up until then, what I kind of call flag football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Madeline, the truth of the matter is what we've seen so far is a lot of passing game stuff because after all, there's really no contact.
4: Right. And especially to the, the- Padded practice is the most important for the guys in the trenches, right? Mm-hmm. The offensive line, defense. what they line. do because there's not really much they can do at this point in practice. It's a little, a little bit of a walkthrough. I liken it to when you're trying to learn a TikTok dance and you don't actually do it all out. You kind of go through the motions, like okay, a little this, a little that, 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 that. Paul, you I, know about this. I
3: know Paul's working so on I've those heard. TikTok dances. So I have heard. <laughs>
4: Um, But yeah, you know, and so it's like you actually get to run these plays, especially for the guys in the trenches with the pads on. I know that, you know, guys like Evan Neal and Dexter Lawrence and and the big guys are looking forward to that.
3: We have heard from Evan Neal uh, in this morning's pressers. Mm -hmm. uh, The Giants did make some players available earlier today. Uh, Tay Banks and Evan Neal spoke to the media. I believe uh, Waller's going to be speaking in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, the presser's still going on during the lunchtime period, even though the practice was moved to later on today. And the one takeaway that I think was most significant was when Evan Neil talked about he took off between 10 and 15 pounds, looking for a 345 number. Now, he's a big man. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, no matter how you cut it, no. he's a big, big man. But remember, last year uh, he had the knee injury, mm-hmm. which cost him a month. And that was a big deal. Uh, He was badly banged up as a rookie, had to go through the growing pains, obviously moving from left left side to right, right side also was a big deal. But I think, in my opinion, and I haven't talked to the trainers or the strength and conditioning guys, I think maybe that will just help him in terms of some of his lower body athleticism and certainly taking less strain on his knee, which was a problem last year. Let's not kid ourselves, he was hurting.
4: Honestly, I mean, and this man has lower body athleticism. I remember on draft night when the Giants drafted him, I interviewed him shortly thereafter. And one of the things I asked him about was a clip that I saw going around on social media of him doing a significantly high box jump into a lunge. It yes. takes it takes explosiveness and balance and uh, athletic ability to be able to do that. So this is a man who's got that strength, that got that durability built in. He's a big man, but he carries it very well. And... One of the things that he pointed out, too, was that last year was the first time in his football career that he played through injury. You know, he did Mm -hmm. miss some time, but he also played through some injury as well. And that's something that takes learning and adjusting to as well. When you're playing in the NFL, the best you're gonna feel all season is day one of training camp, right? And That's then, it. you know, you're getting a little banged up, you're playing through some things. It's a very physical sport, but he talked about learning that. Um, and also you mentioned that he dropped some weight, losing 10 to 15 pounds, adding some muscle. He also said he, he got a chef this off and really prioritized his diet has uh, you know, someone preparing his meal, something that he doesn't have to think about as well, but kind of taking care of. Because like they say, abs are built in the kitchen. Um, and so you know, he's taking care of his body, taking care of his diet, making sure what he eats is clean, which has been helpful for him. But he said he's feeling a lot better going into year two. A lot of people asking him about what we've heard so many times, the Andrew Thomas comparisons, right? People saying, Andrew Thomas, year one to year two, look at that growth and look at that extension he just signed. And Evan Neal saying, listen, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of my teammate. Mm-hmm. Nobody deserves that better. He said, I saw A.T. coming in a three-piece suit, and I knew what time it was. It was getting that extension. That being said, Evan Neal is Evan Neal. Andrew Thomas is Andrew Thomas. They're both on their own trajectories, hopefully both trending in the same direction, which is up.
3: At different times during his career at Alabama, Neal was listed at 350 and at 360. So to play at 245 here would be the lightest he's probably been since high school.
4: 345.
3: Right? Yeah. yeah. What did I just say? 245. 240. I was like, 245 that's, would. That would be the lightest a limb. since he was probably born. He might have <laughs> his, been born at 245. His poor mother. <laughs> his poor mother. In Indeed. That case. Well, you've seen him walking around. I feel bad for her no matter how it's cut because he is a big, big man. Yeah. Uh, in any event, gentle and giant. And, a- and Andrew Thomas, by the way, uh, when he spoke to us yesterday, and mm-hmm. you were there for that as well, uh, Thomas. Make no bones about this. He's very happy to be a mentor and to help in any way that he can. And that's one of the great things about this locker room is you have a bunch of guys who are understanding that if they can make teammates better, everybody wins.
4: Right. And there's a lot of pride for the success of their teammates, right? You know, sometimes nobody's out here counting anybody else's money. No. uh, The fact that the Giants this offseason really did some work to secure the core of this team for the future for the coming years That's promising, right? You got Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, Daniel Jones, like shored up the core of this team, really shored up for the next several years. And a lot of these guys are genuinely happy for one another, right? There's no Mm -hmm. envy. There's no, oh, well, this guy got this, which means I should get that. No, it's I am so happy because my teammates work hard. I see how hard they work. That kind of culture being in this locker room is an important one.
3: All right. Since you are the rookie on the program. Yeah. I'm going to let you read a couple of these spots here before we get to the phone calls. You want to do that?
4: We'll see if my Arizona State University education translates to reading, folks. Go for it. Are we good? We doing this? By one? the way,
3: is our phone number. Go right ahead. Read right through those promos.
4: Listen, the Giants Huddle podcast. You want to make sure and go subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. It features long-form interviews with Giants players, coaches, and front office staff, past and present. Plus, hear from the best analysts covering Big Blue and the NFL. Search for Giants Huddle and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms or go to Giants.com slash podcasts. And don't forget... If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star positive review for all of our Giants podcasts. Reading through, going this one too? Go ahead, keep going. Hey, listen, also the 2023 NFL schedule is officially out and single game tickets are on sale now. Don't miss the Giants at MetLife Stadium this season visit giants.com tickets to secure your seat and finally giants fans take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership stay connected to the club all year round not just on game days memberships are now available for the 2023 season to learn more about the exclusive member benefits visit giants.com tickets limited inventory is available Plus the Giants official connected TV streaming app. Giants TV brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. That was your commercial break brought to you there by you me. Um, <laughs> How'd hey, I do? Got right through it. You know, power through it. hooked on phonics, works for me.
3: First down. <laughs> Keep the ball moving. Paul Dottino, Madeline Burke with you. And Hugo is our first uh, caller on the program from New Jersey. Thanks for dialing us up.
5: Hello. Guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. I I have uh, three quick ones. Um, I, I know Coach Dable didn't go into a lot of detail, but the guys on PUP... Um, but uh, maybe could you provide a little bit of perspective? Are these guys out on the field working on the side or there's still some guys kind of inside doing rehab and what, what, what's your assessment of uh, who may be on beginning of season PUP from that group? start?
4: Sure yeah, I mean I think it, it varies right? It varies from uh, situation mm-hmm. to situation. I know you know Sterling Shepherd, Wandale Robinson, some guys that have been out there, Sterling Shepherd kind of amongst, Uh, these guys and and at this point in the year if you're on PUP you can come off and be in practice tomorrow Um, So there are some players that were placed on PUP as more of a conservative, let's give them a couple more times to get back to full health, and then some guys who are working through some things.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, as you look at each of them individually, they're on their own time schedules. In other words, a guy like DJ Davidson, for Mm -hmm. example, as opposed to a Sterling Shepard or a Wandell Robinson. Each one of these guys has their own time frame based on what the trainers are talking about. Now, the Giants are under no obligation to tell us what those time frames are. They simply say the guy's on PUP, and then one day we're going to walk out to the practice field and we're going to see a guy who has a helmet on who hasn't had one before and say, oh, guess what? He's off PUP. That's literally how it goes. Very rarely do you get told in advance that a guy is coming off of PUP, and that's because they want to take precautions and and they don't want to get people's hopes up. Because all of a sudden, if you like, well, I think you'll be coming off in a week, and if for some reason the trainers don't clear him in a week, then people are like, oh boy. And they're all deflated. Wah wah wah. The right. guy didn't come off.
4: Well and then with the expectations too, right? If you set an expectation that a guy's gonna come off in a week and there's some sort of a setback, then people are asking, Well, why? What happened? What have you? And we all heal in different ways. It's a can of worms. Exactly. You don't
3: need that. Exactly. So Hugo, that's that's the story with that. So we're not gonna we're not going to even approximate okay. a guess as to when each of these guys is coming off. That doesn't prove fruitful at all. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my second question
5: was, well, I, I'm trying to think about roster spots and um, Cole Beasley uh, mm-hmm. versus Jameson. Let's say Cole Beasley versus Jameson Crowder. Now We know that Jameson Crowder has value as a return man. For some reason, I, I remember Cole Beasley returning punts for the Cowboys, but maybe my very limited. memory
3: is failing me. Very, very limited. limited. Very okay. limited. Okay. He's 34 so years enough. old. Let me ask you a question. If you were 34 <laughs> years old and been in the league for over a dozen years, uh, are you likely to be volunteering to return kicks at this point in your career? I'm just going to ask that. You can answer how you choose.
5: <laughs> I wouldn't volunteer to return anything, even when I was younger. So, uh, and, and then just, I guess my third uh, question, it's really a comment, Um, Joe Shane alluded to this. You you know, we've uh, signed some of our core players, and, you know, cap hits are cap hits, but it's really a a huge amount of cash flow with these upfront signing bonuses. So uh, I guess kudos to ownership for uh, making these economic uh, commitments. And sort of from where I'm sitting, it seems like, you know, they put in new turf, they've uh, built a new uh, draft room. Even you guys got a new set there which is uh, awfully nice and uh, it also feels like there's more staff than ever before like teams like colleges these uh, people you know sports science people that uh, coach stable refers to all the time Um, it it almost feels to me like um, ownership has made uh, capital commitments uh, that are probably the greatest since uh, they built out the performance center in the stadium back in the 2009-2010 time period. Hugo, I'm going and to make an this
3: answer court. very short and sweet. The New York football Giants' ownership here hates to lose. They've always hated to lose. If you had the opportunity to physically see John Mara during the last decade or so when the Giants have struggled, you would understand that a whole lot better than you do. Okay? They are committed to to doing everything possible to win every single day. Now, sometimes it doesn't work, things go awry for whatever the reason may be, but the commitment to win has always been here. This is nothing new. You're just maybe seeing some things visually, or maybe some things are more obvious, or maybe the the new people who've been brought in, like Joe Shane, and, yeah. and 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 Brown and Dable mm-hmm. and Kafka and Martindale, maybe some of these guys said, I need these tools to win. Well, ownership said, okay, get them, right. go get the tools. Yeah. Right. Well, and, That's the and, way it's and, always been here.
4: Yeah, and another difference it, too is, it, is that they are highlighting them publicly, right? Some of these tools have existed for quite some time. Yeah, they're not afraid to talk about them. And they're not them. afraid to talk about them. That is true is too. Because some of these things that have been a part of the organization have been a part of the fabric of this place, now Brian Dable is addressing it publicly, or mentioning or crediting it publicly, and we're hearing about it more publicly, which makes it sound like oh, is this new? Not necessarily, but it's getting the light shined on it now.
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. I think the only only other time that I could recall in in recent memory is if you remember NFL Network had a mini series on the scouts mm-hmm. some time ago. That was probably the only time that there was ever a lifting of the curtain to show you some of what was going on here behind the scenes. Other than that, it was never talked about. So right. that's a good point too. Right. Okay? Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks, Hugo. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. As part of our promos, you have a show coming up today, right? I do,
4: I do. Her Playbook, which is a podcast that we do from the Giants Podcast Network on highlighting inspiring and motivating women across the world of sport and industry. Uh, and this week's, uh, or this recent episode, is with Pam Oliver. Pam Oliver was kind enough to offer me some of her time. We talked about everything, what uh, her career, how she builds relationships uh, and covers NFL games. She's covered so many iconic. Games, Super Bowl. She's been in this business for such a long time. What a great conversation that was with her. So that's going to be uh, live this afternoon. So you'll be able to hear that one if you just log on to the Giants Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast. Her her playbook. is this, yeah. this episode with Pam Oliver.
3: Pam, to me, uh, of all the 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 network sideline reporters that I've known over the years from doing this thing forever, uh, she is one of the nicest. Mm-hmm. Most genuine sideline reporter people because I'll see her on the sideline of the game. She'll come running right up to me. Oh, I saw what you had on Twitter the other day. It was great. She is genuine. She yeah. is a absolute wonderful person. And I, I, en- I enjoy when she's doing a Giants game because I like seeing her and chatting with her on the bench. Yeah. Uh, so many of these other sideline reporters, and I'm not going to name names, <laughs> uh, they're in their own little bubble there. They're, yeah. they're, they're thinking about whatever they're thinking about. She's a people person. Well, And you know, Paul, that's a hard job to do,
4: right? You do it all on the time. Straight. And it's one of those things that you've got to be keeping so many things tra- uh, straight, especially when you're covering the league as a whole and the fact that Pam does it with such class, with such grace. She's and, dynamite. And also, Big fan. she's a warrior, right? She deals with migraines. And so you talk about these players playing hurt. When you've got a migraine, if you've ever had a migraine, oh my gosh, covering a game with that kind of a thing. So um, she's been you well, know super outspoken of that too.
3: Being on the sideline with me you can give you a migraine (laughs) line two, Tim from Charleston you're next on the program hello hey Paul hey Madeline
2: Paul I gotta tell you I'm gonna ignore you because the only reason I called in today was to say Madeline welcome to big blue kickoff live it's so nice to have your voice and presence on the air thank you someone that someone that I have watched enjoyed and respected over the last couple of few years on the app, and that's where I devour all the content. (laughs) And I just want to say, are you going to be like at least a weekly guest, I hope?
4: I'll be on pretty regularly this season, I believe. So thank you so much for saying that. That
2: means so much. Excellent. Next time I will have a question that you you can give feedback to. But may you never have to deal with our friend from Maine May you never have to deal with the crazy questions from Jerome, and um, and 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 hopefully Tim, everyone treats you Tim, well. Why'd you have to go and spoil it,
3: Tim? Okay, you were doing real well, <laughs> and now you've wrecked her day.
2: I look forward really to my first Charlie call. <laughs> if she's if she if she's listening to the show, she knows one. Oh, I know, about. I know. But, and 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 may our diminutive friend be. To you, if you don't leave him completely flabbergasted with your intelligence and presence. So I look forward to seeing you again, and speaking to you again. Have a great weekend, everyone.
3: Thank, Thank you, you Tim. so much, Jim,
4: for the warm welcome. That that means a lot. That means a lot. You know,
3: it, it, it's funny the uh, the list of our quote legendary callers over the years who've been. I guess it's over 12 years, maybe 15 years we've been doing this program. It's right. been around a long yeah. time. Yeah, And and there is this this collective group of, of legends, as we say. And then there's Charlie.
4: Charlie's got th- walk-up music.
3: Like... <laughs> I think so. He's not just a legend. He's like truly out there.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: you'll get your first Charlie call at some point.
4: I look forward to it. I've heard many a Charlie call. Like I said, first time, long time. I've listened to the show. <sighs> I've listened to the show. I, I keep up with my colleagues here at the New York Giants, but uh...
3: 201-939-4513. Ralph in Florida. You're next on the show. Hello,
6: hey guys, happy Friday, Madeline. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Ralph. Great to see you. New face, new voices is guys is it's a blessing. Um, my thing, guys, and Paul. You know I love you so. Don't take don't take it personal. It's okay, um... <laughs> brother. We're all good. <laughs> all right, listen. Um, my thing is, what I'm loving to see, what I'm seeing from the from the whole organization, just players and everything, is the way Joe Shane has just done a magnificent job of not only suppl- making the team a viable, viable contender in the NFC East, but also building a team for the future, getting mm-hmm. the cap under control, doing things like that, signing Andrew Thomas to that contract. I don't care what nobody says. That's the steal of the year. Andrew Thomas would have had free agency, he would have got thirty million dollars. There wouldn't have been no question of that. To get him under twenty four, it's it's amazing. And um that's just you know, it's just it's good to see finally some good organizational football and in a while. And um I'm just so excited. And my next point is I didn't get to tell Pearson, I apologize, it. my next point, so guys, I always used to love to look forward to the training camp. Show on MSG. That's not happening this year.
3: Well, it's happening on a weekly basis. It's no longer a daily program.
6: Yeah. Okay. And what about uh, you guys? Are not losing the post game? Are you? Oh no,
3: post that game. going okay. to be Good.
6: around. Good. Oh, great. That's great news. But you know, guys, I I will take my answer off the air. Have a great weekend, Madeline. Again, welcome, Kent. Wait to talk to you again. And I love your, your playbook shows. I watch them. Awesome work. Awesome Thank work. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks, Thanks for, for the call. that. Um, that's a good point, though, about Joe Shane, because one of the things that he's he's really adamant about is, you know, he's not going to borrow from Peter to pay Paul, right? He's, he knows what the budget is. He knows where
3: it goes. They can pay Paul any way they like. This, <laughs> this Paul, this Paul, By yes. By all means, yeah. please,
4: feel free to do so. <laughs> but you know the expression. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's very like uh, regimented. He's one of those people that's good with a budget, Right not like not like yours truly who every once in a while it goes a little too hard in the online shopping that's because category because you
3: didn't work for the Buffalo Bills it's that's true. where Shane learned it from yeah you know the bills are really really good with how to configure contracts and i think in regarding andrew thomas it's great to give the gm praise for for a very forward looking type of uh, of deal but let's give andrew thomas credit too
4: absolutely because
3: he told the writers yesterday at the presser you know, they said, well, why did you sign this? You could have waited and probably made a bigger a bigger number. And he said, well, okay, I've been injured, though, already since I've come into the league. Yeah. And I play a very difficult position that gets beaten up every single snap. So, you know, you need to keep that in mind, too. You do. I mean, you look,
4: again, we talked about this at the top of the show, across the league. I mean, you look at Cincinnati, right? Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the midst of contract talks. He goes down with a calf injury knock on wood, thank goodness it wasn't Non-contact. worse. Non-contact. also. So yeah. thank goodness it wasn't worse. If it was, that could affect how negotiations go for this extension and what have you.
3: So uh, in any event, yeah, Thomas and, uh, and the Giants coming to terms on an extension was certainly a very, very fruitful thing because now you've got your left tackle, and we know that Evan Neal's still on his rookie contract at right tackle. Mm-hmm. So that really gives the quarterback, Daniel Jones, a lot of confidence that he's going to have those bookends, at least for the next few years. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. We go back to the phones and Joe from Pennsylvania. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello.
7: Hi, Paul. Uh, hello, Madeline. You really bring beauty to the show. So that's all I can say. Thanks, um,
3: Joe. Wow, my Kermit the Frog or what?
7: <laughs> uh, ribbit. <laughs>
4: no,
7: go right ahead, Paul. Paul, now, I want, Paul you I want you're beautiful. Talk- <laughs> all, all I all I want to talk about is this. Is all I hear on the Giants' reports is uh, Mr. Wallard that he's just uh, he's, he, he's 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 you, you, you can't cover him or so. And it's usually the offense, uh, the defense is ahead of the offense every year, Paul. But this year it might be a little different because uh, when they blitz. Uh, you always have Waller open uh, is that what you're seeing in that we may go a lot, up, a lot more to tight ends than uh, what's our other tight end's name he catches Daniel everything Bellinger. Bellinger, yeah. that Daniel Bellinger yeah, that he catches everything thrown to him um, that really that we may be uh, throwing the ball a lot more this year than like last year maybe they wanted to the two but now uh, they might be throwing the ball. Are you seeing this myself? That he's really something else out there.
3: All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna split that that question up into two parts. Okay, I'll let Madeline just talk about what you see when Darren Waller's on the field first, because. This guy is quite the physical specimen.
4: Oh, absolutely! He's huge. He can move like no like. You'd be surprised when you look at how big he is and the way he moves at the fact that those two go hand in
3: hand, right? Does he look like a power forward to you playing football?
4: A little bit, a little bit. Six, six. I mean, what was it? Who? Uh, Charlie yesterday said Joakim Noah should be on the. What was it? Right? Yeah. See Schmelk remember? Char- I mean, so maybe he's like Joakim Noah on the roster. It's um, <laughs> the hardest I'd ever heard Schmelk laugh to on the foot on that episode of BBK. But he is, he's 6'6", he runs a 4'4". Four four. Um, Xavier McKinney was talking about him in media veils the other day and saying, you know, having a guy of that size, as big as he is, you don't see guys that big that can move like that, it makes him real special. It's a tough cover for these DBs, and I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we say this all the time, iron sharpens iron, right? But this is absolutely, and the creativity of Joe Shane in this front office to say, okay, we need solid Big body target for Daniel Jones. And instead of going into the wide receiver pool, he said, hey, let's go into the tight end pool. Daniel Jones loves a tight end. Look at Daniel Jones and Daniel Bellinger last year and and having some potential two tight end sets and all that we've seen as well early on. I mean, Darren Waller is such a regular target for Daniel Jones. Sometimes it seems like they take him out just so that Daniel can throw to somebody else.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How true is that? Yeah. See, the other part of your question, Joe, In terms of how you're going to use them and how many double tight end sets, I think you'll see some double tight end sets in matchup situations. You know, because here's the thing, right? We talk about the wide receivers in this room now, and it's so deep. You got Hyatt, you got Slayton, right? You got Hodgins. You hope to have Shepard back at some point. You got a bunch of guys who you really like a lot, right? But here's the thing if you got Barkley in the backfield, and now you're going to go three-wides or four-wides. Well, you don't have room for a double tight end set. You got me? Mm-hmm. Bellinger, well, in a situation like that, Bellinger's not, there's not enough spots on the field to put a second tight well, end on the field. So well, here's the here's what I'm going to tell you. Hold on, here's what I'm going to tell you. Against a team where they want to power the football and they want to run it more, Mm -hmm. you will see double tight ends in that game a lot. And you'll see Bellinger and Waller both in there. And Waller's going to be on the boundary. Waller's going to be in the slot. Waller's going to be the motion guy. But in in games when they don't necessarily want to do that, you'll see more three and four wides and less double tight end. Okay? It's going to be a matchup thing.
7: Well, I, I I can see that, Paul. But like what I'm saying with with Waller, you could just use, the way it sounds, you could just use him as the receiver and uh, eyes first. When the Giants were out in the field on offense last year, everybody's eyes first are on Barkley. Now it might not be as
3: quick the Barkley there. So uh, well, because- what a
4: benefit that'll be to the
3: run game then, right? Waller so- is a headache player. Remember my definition. He's a headache player. He's had 2,000-yard seasons. Yeah. This is the first time the Giants have truly had two headache players on offense in a long time. Yeah, what do you
4: call them, Excedrin players? Keep the opposing oh, we coaches have to, up?
3: We have to get rid of the sponsorship <laughs> name oh, yeah, because they're fair. not paying yeah. for it.
4: That's true. No so, and no and free I, ad games.
3: <laughs> no, no. Uh, John told yeah. me we, he's, uh, he's got to be a headache player, so headache that's where we've yeah. gone. All he's a right. headache player.
7: And I, okay. I said where, where the safeties used to have to keep their eyes up, Lee, Waller, now if we have somebody going with speed down the field, only one guy can, you know, they can not eyes on everybody. So, and hopefully, uh, for my,
3: all right, Joe, go ahead. I appreciate the, taking call. the
7: call. Hopefully, again. Hopefully, at thanks, point, Joe, uh, hopefully at some
3: point, Joe, thank you. Hopefully at some point, Jalen Hyatt, and not necessarily as a rookie. I don't want to put pressure on him as right. a rookie. Right. But at some point, you would love for him to be a headache player too. Absolutely. And we've seen the
4: headache player potential. Everyone saw that game against Alabama, right? But again, is a rookie in this league, third round pick and got to manage temper expectations. There's a lot of speed in this wide receiver room, Paul, though, like yeah. a lot of speed, um, so much so that every one of these wide receivers you get to the podium and you're like, you the fastest one. And they're like, yeah, I am. Absolutely. I am the competition is there. It's it's great to see.
3: Yeah, but if you listen to Darius Slayton, there is no doubt he is the fastest. Oh, I he will mean, tell you that ten times over.
4: Absolutely, he will tell you. But you know what? I love the way Darius Slayton was at the podium the other day, and this man gives a soundbite. He knows how to give a soundbite, oh, yes, he and he's hilarious, but he's also thoughtful and eloquent. And what? And 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 the way that he described this wide receiver room that the Giants have right here, he's like, we weren't the draft darlings that went in the first round. We weren't the prettiest girl in class. You kind of have to prove it a little bit more than the other guys. Mm-hmm. You got to take the stairs sometimes. In life, but you get to the top anyways. The fact that this is a group of guys that's fast, determined, but also they get, they're like, hey, you know what? We got a little something to prove here.
3: I think the only receiver in that room right now who really had some big time accolades, and I'm not talking about Hyatt this year because obviously people knew about him. He did go in the third, by the way. He was not a first or second round pick. No, but he was Paris Campbell. Yeah, Uh, Paris Campbell. When he came out of Ohio State. He had a lot of plaudits. People were very high on him as a guy who was going to be a big-time player in this league. Maybe not an elite guy, but a big-time player nonetheless. And I shouldn't leave him out when I talk about the speed in that room because he can get down there too. Oh, absolutely. Back to the phones. I believe uh, Len in Maryland is next on the program. Hi, Len. Hey, Paul. Madeline, how you doing?
4: How's it going, Len? Thanks for calling.
8: Good, good. Good to hear your voice. Uh let me let me just mention let me give a shout out to a person, Madeline. This might help you as you go through the year. There's no bigger Giants fan than Charlie from Portland, Maine.
4: Oh absolutely.
8: There you go. There you go. Um, I, I wanna to
3: talk to you guys about, uh, about think, a couple I of things. I think
4: Caldatino though might rival Charlie. I just I just don't
3: know why you would encourage him because now he's probably liable to call before the hour is out. Oh, and that's, probably so. We're gonna blame you, Len.
8: okay okay um I want to talk about a couple of players um I'm not quite as high today about Isaiah Hodgkins as a lot of people
3: Hodgins Hodgins
8: Hodgins Hmm. let me let me throw some numbers out um would you be satisfied with 50 catches 550 yards and five touchdowns next year this year this year
3: well it all no you're looking at this all wrong, Len. This is not a are you a fantasy football guy? Yeah. Seriously.
4: If this was a fantasy roster, that might be a more valid question.
3: Right. But and that's not the case. They're trying to win real football games here. They're gonna split up a lot of this offense amongst all of the weapons that they have acquired. There's not gonna be I'm telling you now, I'm telling you right now okay. the okay. guy who's got the best chance of gaining a thousand yards through the air is Darren Waller hands down I don't think there's another receiver on this team that's going to gain a thousand so I mean I don't know the point of the question
8: well well um, let's start with where I started. I'm not quite as excited about the player as most people are what what will he contribute during the year then let me let me put it in that doesn't matter in that
3: vein Does't hmm? matter the stat line doesn't matter it's about wins and losses. If if this receiving core does not have a guy outside of Waller at tight end who catches more than sixty five passes, it's okay. Fantasy football people will pull their hair out. I don't care about them.
4: And sometimes and sometimes you you need players on the roster that are not going to be having like game breaking stats, but that could. If you needed them to, they could because you need that insurance policy. If somebody goes down, if something happens and you know that you can count on him to do it, which Isaiah Hodgins, Hodgins showed late last season, he showed that he can, he Look, showed that he's able to.
3: The litmus test is this, right. man. Right. Ma- can you make a play when we need you to make a play? That's the litmus test. It's not a stat line like you're quoting. Come on, you, okay. you're coming up All with right. the wrong question. All right, let me, let me move on from that
8: player. By, at, by ending with this question, why do you guys make such a big deal about over and unders if numbers don't count? I don't do that.
3: Oh, come on. You do it every year. You no, 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 list, no, 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 no. I do not make over-under lists. We, we do that here as a matter of interest because right, that's right, that's right. what fans like to hear about. Right, and it gives right. us some, some talking points. <laughs> But if you think that I sit here believing in over-unders, then you are sadly mistaken. I'm into winning football games. Also, okay. it's
4: a long off-season. you got to fill the airtime with something, right?
3: Exactly. <laughs> Come on, Len. You know better all than that. All right.
8: No, no, what? Come on, man. Don't, don't, don't say that. That's, that's not right. No, but yeah. you
3: do. I you do know better than that.
4: It's. I get no. where you're coming from, Len. It's a valid question, but it also is, I think, with the perspective of it's looking at... It's yeah. entertainment is what it is. It's yeah. not It's not Madeline,
3: legit.
8: Madeline, Madeline, I ask the question because they do over and unders all the time. Oh, I know. I'm, I mean... But sometimes okay. it's okay. like when
4: you go so, into camp and right. you go into the season, you're like, OK, what okay. are we expecting from this guy? Not necessarily. Okay. Well, it's disappointing if we don't get that.
8: OK. All right. I, let me move on to another player. And I want to make a statement. If Azudu doesn't start at left guard. Right. I, I think that's bad news.
3: No, I'm really
8: I'm really rooting for this guy to grab this thing by the throat and and win that job.
3: Yeah, I think that's a good perspective because they would like him to be that guy. He was a third-round pick last year. You know, he got some experience as a rookie before he got injured. In a perfect world, he will win that job week one because he's young, he's athletic, he's strong, he's got size. That would be wonderful, but if he doesn't and Ben Bredesen wins the job or Shane LeBue wins the job, then it means that they beat him out. Which isn't bad, okay? It's not bad. This well, is a competition. The winner of well, the competition well, makes you better. That's good.
4: Why do you think listen, it would be so I, tragic? I like Len? Ben.
8: I, I I like Ben.
3: Mm-hmm. He's
8: going to spend time. He's going to spend time in the NFL. This is not going to be his last year in the NFL. Whatever happens, but I don't see Ben as a starter. Ben Ben is that center guard combination, and he'll find work around the NFL if it doesn't work out with the Giants. Well he, he belongs
3: in the NFL? Len, but Len, talk, Len, Len You've go. you yeah, go. off the rails go. a lot here today. What, no. what makes you assume that Ben Bredesen is is done or that he's going somewhere no, else? No, I didn't
8: say. I didn't say he was done. I'm saying I want a Zudu to win the win That's that fine. job. That's because fine. Because I think he's because I think he's a better player
3: than Ben. Okay. Well, I think you could make a very strong, strong case to, to say he's got higher upside.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I think it's too. fair. Yeah. yeah. It's fair that we're yeah. rooting for the guy, right? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Okay. And and today, right. Ben Bredesen, with all of his experience, okay. might be better today on July twenty eighth.
4: Right. Okay? okay.
3: And that's right. fair to Let say, me, too.
4: And but but again, you know, back to that battle, having that battle, having that competition will be good for Josh Azu. Absolutely. Whether or not he wins okay. at week one. That'll give him some no growth. Doubt. But I agree with you, Len. You want to root for the guy. You want to root for the young guy to to show yeah, up to yeah, that. I say, third, yeah,
8: yeah, right. Exactly. I, I, think exactly. There's, I think there's I think there's a need there, and I'm hoping it's Azudu who satisfies that need. Okay. First corner first corner off the bench, Paul.
3: Outside or at the slot? Outside. <sighs> right now, it might be flat. Wow. Okay. Might be okay. flat right now. It could also could also be McLeod, was, but it depends okay. because they've they've worked McLeod some in the offseason at safety. Yes,
8: so yes, so I wanted, I wanted how do they you.
3: how do they view him? In a month, you can ask me that question again because we're going to have to see what they do during the preseason games hey, as right. to which way they want to lean. But it could so, be McLeod. It could be Flatt.
4: Flatt, especially right, with so strong he's day not, one too. I, I'm, I'm so a he's big not pre- guy. Yeah. All right, so
8: he's not permanently in in a safety role. McLeod. he's still an option at corner. Right now, he's an option okay. at both. Okay, and Fla- and flat is also on the outside. I know they talk about him competing with Holmes for the slot spot, but you see Flood as a possibility as that first cor- first first possibility yes. corner off the bench. Yes. yes,
3: but after the preseason games, you can call us back and I'll give you a better idea. Because again, Len, let let's talk about what we did with the caller a little while ago about matchups. Okay. I believe the Giants want as much flexibility amongst each of their skill position players in the wide receiver room and also in their defensive backs room as okay. possible so that okay. you will see a lot of matchups going on. It's okay. not necessarily going to be, oh, you're just a slot guy, and oh, you're just a backup slot guy. No. Okay. There's going to be right. times when guys are going to be interchangeable with the boundary and with the slot. Okay. Okay. That's what three- makes Wink's kaleidoscope defense so great. Mm-hmm. On, on the three safety
8: look, is, is it Pinnock, Belton, and McKinney? I mean, is that pretty much a lock, Paul? What do
3: you, how do you see that playing out? McKinney, Belton, and who? Pinnock. Pinnock. Oh, Pinnock. Pinnock. I, I don't. I think that's strictly a competition as well. Okay. It's you strictly, think this is absolutely? Shot? I mean,
8: you, okay. Well, m- right. M- right.
3: McCain is in that mix. The oh. guy they signed from Washington's in the mix. McCloud oh, could oh, be McCain, in that McCain. mix. All yeah, right. McCloud okay. could be in that mix too. Don't okay. don't rule anybody out. We haven't even seen them play a, a contact practice yet. Right. And you're after lineups? Come on, Len.
8: You know better. Madeline,
4: welcome to the show. Hi. I'm so happy to be hey, here. Hey, I'm happy hey, to be here. Hey, hey Len. Hey,
8: you... Paul, hey, Paulie. Paulie. No, come on, Len. I, I, hey, Paul. I'll be in camp on Thursday. I'll look for you. Okay.
3: Okay. okay Thank man. you. Take care. Thanks
4: we'll see for taking the call. We'll see you Thursday. 939
3: See, see. This is one thing that I want. I want you to understand. Now. Okay. A lot of times, Madeline, we have to react to things that writers write because they need to draw interest Uh for their articles. So they'll write things about lineups and who's playing where at practice and who's taking how many snaps. And then the fans get all, uh, well, they salivate over that stuff.
4: But Paul, can you blame them? I don't know anyone who is more excited than you day one of training camp. I get it. Everyone's been waiting so long to see what this team's going to look like. We have all got questions. But
3: But here's what you have to do. You have to understand what is legitimately stuff to salivate over the fact that they're out on the field makes me nuts happy new year everybody i love it right right yeah but i don't think it makes you nuts you were nuts to start with this is true <laughs> but but you also have to know enough to understand that lineups during the first few practices where they're not even in pads don't mean Anything.
4: Right. While they don't mean anything, and that's completely 100% factual, I do get the curiosity of, hey, what's the starting point right now? Where are we working? Where's where's ground zero and where are we building from? There
3: are some positions where we pretty much know who the starters are or who has a very big lead on the spot. Absolutely. That's true.
4: Absolutely. And then there's some that we're just like, all right, let's throw this out and see what sticks.
3: That's the point.
4: And then Competition. competition. Right. But knowing who's getting the first at bat is sometimes, you know, even if it doesn't mean anything you're curious I mean nobody knows oh who's the first one going through the cone drill and individuals that doesn't matter it does not
3: but and and, and here's the other thing you got to remember Len too not only do you have to carefully watch the preseason games with this but the other thing is people don't understand a lot of times they will put a questionable guy in the lineup with the first team to let him sink or swim and sometimes he sinks himself right And so it's not that, oh, he's got the lead. They wanted to see how he did, and it didn't work out. And he just dropped himself in the depth chart. People never think about that side of the coin. So that's part of the reason why you you don't really want to put much stock in where guys are lining up in these practices. Because sometimes it's just to let's find out if the guy sinks. I'll be
9: I'll be Lance today and say it's not about who starts, it's about play count.
3: And who's playing in the final four minutes of the game, right?
4: Yes. That's it. That's it. All right. Still, just I'm, I'm just trying time. to be encouraging of our callers today. It's day one. I'm I trying to, be, you know. I
3: get it. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give. I'm being the good
4: cop today. I'm giving you
3: some of the climate here. This is how it works. I just,
4: anymore. you were about to have Lennon tears. I was like, you're good <laughs> here, sir.
3: <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you got to know that you're going to get that stuff. I know. Okay. I know. Because it's it's all about that thirst out there. <laughs> and we just got to put it in perspective for these folks sometimes. All right, Scott, New Mexico, you're next on the show. Hello.
9: Good afternoon. What's up? Uh, Madeline, first of all, uh, welcome to the show, I think you're going to be a great addition to it. Thanks, Scott. Uh, And I have uh, two questions that I think are relevant today. One of them has to do with analytics. Do you feel like, um, my son happens to work in the AI industry, you know, there's been a lot of interest in AI and a lot of repercussions with AI, but I sort of make it akin to analytics as well. Do you think that analytics are playing too large a role and that the human element of football is sort of degrading a little bit and then relying too much on analytics? And it may influence uh, the Saquon Barkley situation, may influence other situations. What's your feeling on that, and and are we stripping ourselves out of the things we enjoy in football, which is actually human beings playing the game, and we're basing who's playing and how much time they're playing based on not necessarily an artificial scenario, but just on things that other people are proposing, and that's what we're basing our game on today. I was just curious what you're comments would be on
4: that you know i i did a a podcast interview with cynthia freeland from nfl network who's big in analytics as well um last year at the combine and one of the things too that that sticks out to me is the word analytics kind of has gotten a little stink to it right the word analytics has a connotation that it's oh this is this new wave of something but what analytics is is just information and scott when you make any decision in life you take in the information that you have and you make the decision accordingly Analytics is just a word that is used as an accumulation of the information. And the more information that you have, the better of a decision you can make. Now, yes, of course, you have to take into consideration if 90% of the time in a fourth down situation, this, then that. But you also have to take into consideration the personnel. Has this personnel shown the ability to convert this? Has this personnel shown? So there is a balance of taking the information that you have of the history and the statistical a uh, likelihood of something happening with the human element, but all of it is just an accumulation of information and finding a way to use that to your benefit.
3: In the days okay. of the old pay phones that used to be on the corner of your neighborhood street, we used to call right. that trends. Yeah. Really, that's, yeah. All, that's all analytics are, are trends. Unless you become so enveloped in the philosophy and psychology of what those numbers mean, then you can take it overboard. Okay. And I'm not going to go any further with that because okay. you guys know how I feel.
9: Right. The, the, the second question I have uh, has to do with uh, the preseason. I don't glean that much from preseason activity. But what I am concerned about, uh, just recently, as you probably already know, Jalen Ramsey was hurt in a practice and probably will miss eight to ten weeks of the season with a meniscus Uh Joe Burrow has a calf strain, and we don't know what the extent of that will be. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, things like that uh, will influence um, Brian Dable in regards to his critical players, realizing that industries are going to happen? But do you think that he will be more careful based on what he sees and what's transpiring now, because he can't afford to lose maybe three or four, uh, what what Paul would indicate as headache players, whether they're offensive linemen or they're running backs or quarterbacks, et cetera, and, and take the chance. So I was wondering what you think the – what he thinks he might propose because he can't do anything about practice, but what can he propose for the preseason? And what do you in, envision will actually happen in that regard? Scott, and, and we'll, again, we'll we'll Michelle answer. Welk, uh, we'll let I you go. Remember, we'll let
3: you we'll let you go, and right. we'll answer Thank that. Uh, coach mentioned something just along those lines yesterday. So yeah. why don't you fire away?
4: Oh, well, in terms of letting players play, I, in,
3: ter- in terms of uh, snap counts during camp and during the preseason, I'll let
4: you take that he, one. Well, that, yeah,
3: he addressed that yesterday, and he said, "Listen." We have a program and a plan in place for each one of our guys, how many snaps we think we want to give them. And they're going to be very judicious with certain guys who have been coming off injuries, who are coming off of rehab programs, because they want to make sure that they keep these guys in as healthy condition as possible. Right. So is he aware, and, and is the strength and conditioning staff and the medical staff aware of how certain guys need to be uh gradually brought along he absolutely is and that has nothing to do with what happened yesterday
4: no and i think with what happened yesterday it's such a freak injury right both of these things and you can't really uh prevent that from happening by putting a player in bubble wrap and i think dable and the coaching staff and the medical staff is going to weigh the importance of game reps versus the importance of preserving health but players play right players play we're not doing load management here in the nfl and i think the fact that getting players on the field getting players ready to be ready for week one and not have the first four weeks of the regular season be the preseason as well is also an important element and i think this coaching staff is going to look at it and balance that to say what do we need from you in a game to to get you ready for sunday night football against the cowboys week one and what do we Mm -hmm. need from these players in a game to say okay is this roster decision going to be made in x y or z way um there's a lot of factors that go into it but i think The hardest part is when people come from a place of fear. of Like, oh, I can't put this player on the field in case he gets hurt. Because you can get hurt in so many ways.
3: There are, I want to say, about a third of the players on this 90-man training camp roster right now who are first-year Giants. Right. Whether they're rookies, they were imported free agents, Waller came in via trade. About a third of this team is brand new. Coaching staff? and teammates need to find out about these guys. They need to know what they're about. They need to know what they can do. They need to know how they fit. So, you know, out there now, coaches are, are looking at everything, mm-hmm. trying to get these evaluations in place. So, you know, during the preseason, you know, there's going to be times where they're looking at guys, not necessarily because they're trying to arrest somebody, although that happens. Right. There's right. going to be, you know, you're not going to see Saquon Barkley carry the ball twenty times in a preseason game. Of course not, because you know what you're getting from Saquon Barkley already. Right.
4: But you're, you know, but you get are... them out there a little bit to just, you know, get some game action instead of, you know, as Perhaps. much as as much as they're going to have those joint practices with Detroit, that'll help going yes. against somebody else because you you need to go against somebody in another jersey. You you've gone against your teammates, your defense, so many times. You need to see some other looks that week of practice will be good, but for some of the veteran players, you know, n- the game action in the preseason is less valuable than these new guys.
3: And you only have three preseason games now. Mm-hmm. You know, used to be four. Years ago, used to be six. So now, you know, Dable has said, in fact, he even said this again yesterday. In fact, he, he said it all, all season. I need to find out about a bunch of these guys. Yeah, He's still looking, and he's going to be looking all throughout the course of the next month. This is not a one-day, oh, we figured it out.
4: Of course not. You yeah. can't do that takes a while to evaluate somebody's scope of talent.
3: 201-939-4513. Tom from Stratford. You're next on BBKL. Hello.
7: Hi. Happy uh, Friday, folks. I you too. Want to say, I just want to say hello to Madeline. Hi, Tom.
8: I've been a big fan of yours. I always watched you on MSG. I'm glad I'll be watching you on Giants TV now.
4: Too. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. So Welcome aboard. I am glad we didn't lose you to
3: the NFL network.
7: <laughs>
3: were you going somewhere?
7: No, I'm, I'm here. She, this, I'm happy she, to be I they here. Were grab
3: her I'm happy that,
5: to be uh,
3: here. Adams left. So all I'm right, go ahead. Anyway, um, regarding the uh, left guard position, because uh, yeah. I've been a big fan of Azulu
8: too, but all I know is the coaches are going to run the competition, and whoever's ever there starting is going to be the best person for that job. And let's remember, Brevison's not an old guy either. He's only 25 years old. Correct. And Anderson's 24, and Shane Lemur is 26. So they're all kind of young. And uh, we'll go through the competition, and the best man will win. Yes. And whoever that is, I'll be happy.
7: So I'm looking forward to the season. That's all I have. Madeline, welcome aboard. Take care, Paul. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for
3: calling. Line one has Alex from Syracuse. You're next on BBKL, hello.
1: Hey, Paul, always a pleasure. Madeline,
3: welcome aboard, great to have you. Thanks, Alex. Uh, loving the new dynamic.
1: Uh, I feel like, Paul, you've been doing this a long time. You gotta feed people their medicine when they call in with, you know, dumb questions. And Madeline, <laughs> it already seems like you're gonna be the sugar. Oh, you're gonna you the sugar this to call. help that medicine go down, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to be encouraging, right? We're not
4: trying to make anyone cry on a Friday. It's just like, oh, let's... My. You know, I was
1: worried about Len there for a minute. I really-
3: I, I, was I know. And Len is one of our all-time, all right? He's a Mount yeah. Rushmore guy. Len's, been, okay? Len's a regular caller. We love him.
4: And you know what? I, I get where he's coming from, even if at this point in training camp, maybe a little too early to ask some of these questions, but I get the yeah. curiosity. So he
3: just... gets very obsessive and worries a lot.
4: I'm I, I yeah. I'm kettle. <laughs> yeah, like really?
1: <laughs> Please go ahead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I first of all, I'm just really excited. I know camp has just begun and we're still early on, but, man, is it exciting to have the this, this, this glimpse of real football again already. That's really lovely. Um, my, my question today, I have a question about one specific player. Uh, I'm really excited about this wide receiver room. I think we got a lot of great competition. Yes. Um, you guys have talked the last couple of days about how I think the way this season might pan out is I think we're going to see a lot of these guys in different games depending on matchups, which Correct. is pretty cool and exciting and gives us, a, I think, an advantage. One guy in particular that I think is maybe getting a little lost for good reason in, in the in the stir of it all is uh, Bryce Ford Whedon, who I, I personally was really excited when we, when we got him after the draft uh, undrafted. I thought he was a really interesting prospect the whole time and to get him how we got him. Um, and then I saw a picture come out recently from one of the training camp days where he's making like a leaping catch. And there's something – he looks – huge in the picture I think it might be a perspective thing but I, my, my question for you two is having been at training camp a little bit and again I know it's early uh, I was just wondering where do you think he fits in so far in that room does he does he have a shot to sort of to make any impact this year do you think we'll see him uh, at all or is it really more of just an early developmental uh, kind of player at this point
3: I think what you want to remember is that the wide receiver room has guys with all different shapes and sizes. And by the way, I slighted Wondell Robinson. Didn't mention him before when we were talking about the wide receivers. Oh, I
4: brought him up earlier. Yeah, I mean, he's
3: on PUP. right? But at some point he'll be back, and he'll be one of those speedsters that they'll have. So let let me just throw that back out there. But in terms of the shapes and sizes, I'll I'll let Madeline speak to what she's seen from him the last couple of days. Um, You have to understand, they'll probably keep six on the 53. And when you look at the six, if you've got Shepard and Robinson on PUP to start week one, let's assume that for a second because you wanna be conservative, right? Right, It's fair to be that way.
4: Being conservative, sure.
3: Okay, so then you have to list off who are your six if those two guys are out of the mix. And I think it's a very tight squeeze. And then the other question you have to ask yourself is, if Ford Wheaton has a really good camp and a really good preseason, what are the odds that you sneak him through the practice squad? He may get claimed. Right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, be very cautious. Be very cautious because there's there's no for certain thing now that he's going to be here because there are. There are mechanisms where he could be, and there are also mechanisms where he couldn't be.
4: Absolutely. And, I mean, the hype train might be valid, and it might not. We don't know yet because it's still quite early. But also the hype train could lead to him not being, if he gets so overhyped. People comparing him to Victor Cruz and DK Metcalf. And if we're talking about, oh, this guy is so great, they won't be able to sneak him through on the practice squad. There is a limited amount of wide receivers that they can keep on the 53. And that is a big, packed room right now. But Bryce Ford Wheaton is built a little bit differently. You're right. He is a tall guy. He's a long. Lean guy. Um and, and he talked about this, you know, earlier on um in the spring when he was in here or not in the spring, in a, uh in May. And he said, you know, he's not focused on proving people wrong for not drafting him, but he's f- focused on proving the Giants coaching staff right for taking a chance on him. And they took a chance on him. He's been out there making plays, he's a target that is mm-hmm. has shown the athleticism and the versatility that he's got to offer. There are a lot of people looking forward to and expecting good things from him, but it remains to be seen because, again, we've only been on the field a couple of days.
3: I will say this. The entire wide receiver room from the beginning of this offseason till right now Mm -hmm. on July the 28th has been upgraded. Yeah. This is a really good room right now, and I'm talking from top to bottom.
4: And we said that last year, though, too, Paul. And remember what happened in training camp. Everyone got hurt. And that's why, you know, people right now on July 28th looking at this room, like, how are we possibly going to cut it down to six? That's what we said last year as well. And, you know, kind of naturally it got that way as well. Injuries sorted out sometimes. Injuries sorted out too. And you kind of have to be a little bit too heavy in some rooms because of these injuries that pop up.
3: So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on him. Absolutely do that. But I would not get your hopes caught really uh, too high either way. could he go? Could he stick? Maybe? Could he not stick? Maybe. Just uh, just watch. Just watch and let, let the play unfold in front of you and we'll figure it out.
1: I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Great Thank work you. as always, and uh, happy
3: Friday. Thanks, All right, awesome you too. Friday. Now, the one thing I will say in terms of your skyscrapers or Spider-Man receivers in the room,
4: yeah,
3: uh, Colin Johnson, yes. coming back off of his Achilles last year, uh, you know, yesterday he
4: made a play that had everyone just gasping like "Wow!" and it's like it's an "I'm back" play.
3: He had a terrific camp last year. Yeah. Before he got hurt. Yeah. And then he gets hurt, and it's like, oh, really bummed. And he's come back, and he looks as good as ever. So now, if you're talking about one of the skyscrapers in the room, there may not be room for two of them. It could even come down to Johnson against Ford Wheaton for that particular spot. It could. It could. And Johnson is not going to go away easily because he can play in this league.
4: He absolutely can. And the fact that you know a year later... It's just showing like he's picking up where he left off last year's training camp where he was turning heads incredibly um, still early, but yeah, looking forward to seeing big things from Colin Johnson. I,
3: I think the one thing that you want to, we want to remember too about Johnson is that coming out of a, a program at Texas, mm-hmm. uh, he also had some experience in one blocking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they run the ball at Texas and you know, That is gonna be, again, one of the things. How well does a receiver block for the run off of the edge, and block downfield? How much does this receiver uh, is willing to play on some special teams? These are all things that could make a difference when you're talking about guys who are like neck and neck. Right,
4: right. And there's some receivers that do it as a, a chore, as part of the job. And then there's some receivers like Sterling Shepard takes pride in throwing a block. He you know, loves he knocking loves big guys it. down. He loves it. And you see Saquon Barkley rip off a 63 yard gain, and you you know that that gain doesn't happen without yeah. Shep just dropping the shoulder in
3: there. Very true. All right, uh, it had to happen, Madeline. I it had, to happen. It had to happen. I'm honored. I'm <laughs> honored. Folks, if you want to just tune into tomorrow's program or Monday's program and leave the last caller off as you listen to the archive, you're certainly welcome to do so. It is Charlie from the Maine. Ball. Hello, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hey,
0: hey, Madeline. Hey, I look. I I just want to say I love your her playbook. It's uh, excellent. You're an, you're an excellent interviewer. You make people feel comfortable. Thank you. And I know. And I notice when you ask questions, you let people answer, and you're not thinking of your next question to ask like immediately, you're listening to them. And uh, uh, I just, I think that's really great. Thank you, so, Charlie. Uh, Thanks for saying that. You do a great that. job. Thank oh, you. Yeah, there's you a butt
3: great coming. job of that. No, no, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for it. <laughs> he can't help himself, He's like, okay? but
4: let's talk about the offensive go ahead, line. Go,
3: go ahead, Charlie, take a shot, throw that snowball, <laughs> even though it's 105 degrees outside, look, go ahead. Look. What do you want look, to do? I, I,
4: I can take it.
0: I, Get real. No, no, no. I just want to. Uh, you know, the baton has been passed from Len to me, and uh, what 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 Len was saying about a, a Zuzu is it a Zuzu? A Zuzu. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, him, That guy. Uh, his, <laughs> look, he was the sixty seventh pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. So third he, round, he, third round. Yeah, but he's still sixty seven. Yeah, he, he, third uh, round. You know, so so. You know that's a top hundred pick, yeah. a top seventy pick. He should, in his second year, win that spot over Bredesen, who, in my opinion, see uh, Madeline. I, 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 uh, I have three categories for players: cow chips, corn chips, and blue oh. chips. And, oh. I, oh. and okay. I think, I, I think Bredesen's a con chip, borderline cow chip. I mean, he's okay. Kyle, you know, corn chips are all right. You eat them. They're okay. But he's Who's a casino a
3: chip, Charlie? <laughs> Who's a bingo <laughs> chip? Come on, you got some of those too? Potato chips? No, no,
0: just those three. Just those okay. three. So, so I think he should be able to beat out Bredesen. And if right. he doesn't, if he doesn't, I think that's a big, uh, well, I'm not going to say bust, but it's not a good look for Charlie, him. Charlie, here's what we'll
3: say, okay, is Zudu... Missed part of last year because of an injury. We had a neck and a shoulder thing that was going on, okay? Yep, Yep. So understand that his rookie season was somewhat stunted by that that injury. So he comes back this year, and of course, everybody would tell you he's a third-round pick in his second season. You'd love him to step forward and win the job. But if his learning curve is a little slower because he had an injury setback, don't get all upset about it. Maybe he doesn't well, win the job until bet. the fourth game. Maybe it's not till the fifth game. Maybe he does win it week one. Whatever it is, here's the good news: they have Ben Bredesen on the roster, right? Ben Bredesen, you called him a corn chip. Is that what you called yeah. him?
4: Midway between a corn hey. chip and a, what is it? A couch? Yeah, a chip. Chip. Okay, couch.
3: What, whatever couch. it is, you called him ben Bredesen, ben Bredesen. <laughs> ben Bredesen, if he is the backup left guard. He's probably better than any backup left guard they've had here in 10 years. That's why you well, should be happy.
4: Yeah, so it's like if, if at worst-case scenario, it's still a solid scenario. Bingo. Right, Bingo. exactly.
3: You've upgraded. right? What do they say about uh, uh, high-tide lifts lift all boats? Uh, rising
4: tide, yeah,
0: rising
3: tide is okay. all, yeah. all,
4: all I
0: All Come I want on. is the best five players out there. And I they'll, they'll want to do that. They'll do no, that. No, no, I don't want to see no rotation. No, no, I don't no, want no, to see that on their offensive line. I'm sure they'll stay away that.
3: if they can, and Bobby will get his best five out there. Bobby Johnson, yeah, the well, line I, coach. I hope okay, get Charlie. It.
0: And yeah, one thing about wide receivers. Go ahead, real quick. I don't quick. want, I don't, I don't want Cole, Cole Measley to be on this team because he's going to take reps away from young players like
4: Joking Noah. 34
0: years old. He's 34 years old. Can we move on from all these Buffalo people? I'd rather have Wheaton on the team than Cole Beasley. I'd rather all right, have Charlie. Dawson on the team than Cole Beasley. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks so much, Charlie. Your
3: objection has been registered. It's very simple. Yeah. Whoever's on this team will have earned it because this team is all about competition.
4: Absolutely. And if Beasley
3: wins a job and he earns it, then you better hope he helps the Giants win. Right. What is what? What else needs to be said?
4: I mean, Brian Dable is very adamant about the fact that there's no scholarships here. This is a team that's going to be built of the 53 most talented players because you go in that locker room, they know who the most talented players are. And if they don't see that that being reflected on the field, then that kind of uh, dampens the trust in that as well. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? You want to make sure that you got the best 53 out there, the best opportunity to win. This coaching staff, this uh, front office is going to do just that. All right, we're, we're early on. you Done. Know? Look at that. We did it.
3: That is today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. And as always, you can catch this program as part of the archive on the Giants Podcast Network and at Giants.com slash podcast. For Madeline Burke and me, Giants WFAN, Paul Tatino. we'll see you next time here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. So long, everybody.